I am Doug Friedman. And I am Sasha Brodsky. And this is Your Mental Breakdown, the podcast Patreon edition. <laughs> That's right. Hold your horses and doggies. Oh. You, are, <laughs> you are now reunited with Beckett. Oh. Yeah. We all are. Well, I've always been with Beckett. Yeah, except occasionally when you like go to the bathroom. (laughs) And he sits by the bathroom door staring, waiting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, at at my office, which is also your office. Correct. uh Whenever I go to the bathroom between clients, he will come with me like he doesn't like waiting in the office. (laughs) He will occasionally. He's waited in the office Mm -hmm. with a client because the client will come in and, oh, hey, Beckett, how's it going? Mm -hmm. But... (laughs) He just likes to be where I'd say where the action is, but it's where I am. Yeah, I think it's really a giant metaphor on attachment. Uh oh. <laughs> you saying he's codependent? No, I'm I codependent? just think he is very, very securely attached. Ah, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that. Totally. Me, on the other hand, I'm anxiously attached <laughs> to your dog. <laughs> yeah, I don't like leaving him. No. <laughs> I always check in with him, make sure he's okay. Yeah. Where is he? Yeah. He doesn't care. Oh. Yes, he does. <laughs> Oh. I like how we're just staring at your dog right now. <laughs> all you in podcast land, if this were a video, it would all be on him. And That's he's right. amazing. Yes. He is. He is amazing. <laughs> you know what's amazing? You just told me this. Well, I knew this, but the the Harry Potter reunion. Mm. That that's been I mean, to have a reunion seems silly, like because I've been in the Harry Potter world for so long. Not in it, but it's you weren't a random side character at Hogwarts because <laughs> you look, you're no. a dead ringer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, actually, um, there's a scene with the Weasleys where if you know, no, 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 <laughs> no not at all. But I, I'm a big mm. fan of, of the Harry Potter world. And to think that they're old enough or it's been long enough that there's a reunion now. Yeah. 20 years. And wow. I think it's, yeah, complicated for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. With the, the J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's, it's a bummer how that's her legacy is Harry Potter, but it's being tainted by her views. Yeah. That are like, ah, man. It breaks my heart in a way. Yeah. I know that might sound dramatic. It, well, it, it's, it is. And it, it's sort of anytime that I, I hear about a, an actor or a musician, mm-hmm. you know, getting me tooed or saying mm-hmm. something, yeah. I instantly want to defend them because I don't want to believe it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, hang on. Let's look at the context. Mm-hmm. Let's think about what mm-hmm. they really meant or what they were saying. Mm-hmm. And ah, oh, man, it's just, it is heartbreaking. Yeah, me. yeah. And it's this whole thing of, and I think about it sometimes in ter- in terms of like separating a person from the things they've done, but it's also like separating right. an right. artist as a person from the work they've created. Totally. And like, I like how a lot of the people like. Daniel Radcliffe and various like actors have come forward being like, whatever you had between yourself and these books is between you and a book and no one can take that away. Right. And there's something so beautiful about that sentiment. The same way like a song can just mean something to you. And yeah, like maybe the musician who created it, you know, has done some horrible or yeah. Thank you. I wasn't sure if I could curse there for a second. Yeah. Oh, you can say all sorts of- Oh, shitty shit. That's my favorite (laughs) thing to say. Um, Has done some shitty shit. That's right. Any of my clients know. Like when I get really therapeutic, it's about shitty shit. Yeah. Nice. As opposed to wonderfully aromatic, pleasant shit. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 No, totally. (laughs) Shitty shit. Shitty shit. Yeah. It is a bummer Mm -hmm. because you want to believe the person is 
how you perceive them or how yeah. they portray themselves. Even athletes, mm-hmm. very often the same way. We look up to them. Yeah. Some people do. And then you hear about things that they're doing. You're like, yeah. what? Yeah. I remember there's a guy on the New England Patriots, my, my football team, okay. uh, years ago, who was accused of, of murder. And we're like, no, 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 I can't because he's such a great player. Couldn't be, not a chance. You're like full OJ Simpson right now. Right, totally. <laughs> and it's nope. Uh, yeah, he he went to jail wow. and uh mm-hmm. tragic wound up hanging himself in jail. Oh my god. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it started to take a dark turn like that, but I mean <laughs> that's our our sports heroes and, and musicians and oh. actors, they're they are people and sometimes they do have yeah issues and they do shitty shit and some of it's mm-hmm. is their fault some of it is a mental illness totally and, and yeah. like how can we still love and respect art i don't know it gets complicated and i think that's a struggle yeah. a lot of people have is like how can you still appreciate something and not appreciate their behaviors or what they have to say or someone's opinions i don't even know what i'm trying to get yeah. at right now yeah, yeah it's, it's it's tough cuz i want to support what I believe. Mm-hmm. So if, if the person who created this art, mm-hmm. you know, and it's hard to say that J.K. Rowling created the movies. No. I mean, she created the books yeah. and the world, which I still think is amazing and wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yet I don't agree with a lot of what she's saying. Yeah, I get her point. I don't agree with her. And I don't think the way she's doing it is right or compassionate. So separating that and still having my relationship as my pal Daniel Radcliffe said <laughs> yeah. with the book, like, yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. I, I thought the movie Usual Suspects was great. Mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey was awesome. Totally. I don't think I like him as a person though. And the cool part is you never have to meet Kevin Spacey. Right. And, and you right. never have to have a relationship with him. Right. Yeah. And I can yeah. still see the movie again if I want to and be like, wow, that was a great acting job. Yeah. Like, I like how this is all turned into this giant discussion of cancel culture and like. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I think these are all good points and valid points. Mm-hmm. And it's about having these discussions. Like even there was a, a point on one of the Drew episodes mm-hmm. where Meredith and I were talking about, or in the episode, uh, Drew and I were talking about Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. and looking up to Kobe and, mm-hmm. and being a model of perfection. And in terms of basketball, he was trying to reach perfection as a basketball player. Mm-hmm. He is deeply flawed as a human, or was, mm-hmm. and was credibly accused of sexual assault. And I think what somebody wrote in and said something to us, like, oh, it was really jarring to hear you mention that, hold him up okay. as this. Yeah. Which, you know, I understand. And their point, which I loved, and, and thank you guys, our listeners, because their point was this was an opportunity to have a discussion about this that somebody mm-hmm. can do some shitty shit and still produce <laughs> great art yeah. or even kind of rehabilitate their thinking and their yeah. behaviors and still be a good person. Totally. And right? it goes into this whole idea of like whether or not we believe humans have this ability to change. Right. And right. and some of them do and some of them don't. I think I <laughs> <laughs> Well, in our line of work, I will say if you're dealing with a mental illness, sure, it's a little harder. If yeah. you're dealing with a personality disorder, it's a lot harder because mm-hmm. you might not see it. You might not notice it. Mm-hmm. And if you're called on it, you will get defended. And it's changing your neural pathways, mm-hmm. which is something we hit a lot in these episodes. Yeah, I, I would assume you guys on the Patreon have been listening to Drew since the jump, but it's hearing how he shifted and how he is a different person. It's remarkable because like... 
we haven't gotten into the episode yet, but it's like, (laughs) I realize that now ex post facto. Right. But hearing like how he is being different. Right. right. And I'm very deliberate in my word choice. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like that. You're right. And then that's probably why we gel. Like it's how he is being, not how he's doing, Mm. but how he is being his core is shifting. Totally. This whole idea of like, we, I think this is something you use in the regular podcast, but like dual cores, we can Mm -hmm. have different layers of it. And part of the work is like, okay, how do we get down to, and I hate depth metaphors, but like a a deeper layer of the earth's core to like what your true nature is or. Peel the onion, Sasha. Peel the onion. Okay. Even if it makes you cry. It's going to make me cry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, stick a little piece of bread between your your teeth. But I'm chopping onions. Celiac. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make myself uh, sick. Gluten free bread. Mm-hmm. You don't have to swallow it. It's just oh, okay. I just that might be an. I don't know why they call it an old wives' tale. It's mm-hmm. a, you know, for me, it's an old Jewish mother's tale. Correct. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put some bread in your mouth while you chop an onion. Chop an See? onion underwater. I've heard that too. What? Like what? wear goggles and put your head underwater. <laughs> Like I, my mom is Jewish, but not that Jewish. Yeah. Put, you put the onion underwater, not oh. your head. Hold on, record scratch. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I like I like the thought of like scuba diving to chop an onion. That's kind of cool. Just like the little snorkel is poking out of. <laughs> but the, the old tale is if you hold an onion in a bowl of water and slice it underwater. It won't release the chemicals that make you cry. Okay, interesting. You don't have to go anywhere near the water. Okay. Yeah. Good. I'm not a very good swimmer. No. <laughs> um, ah, yes. yes. Fun and exciting. Speaking of swimming, um, we will. Uh, let's go to the episode and or the session. And you guys, uh, I will say that part of what we cut out, Drew and I started off in the beginning. We were talking about being in the mountains. Mm. He made some remark about it and likening it to how I was in Boulder and just in the mountains or would go camping and being away from all the noise and and feeling that. So we kind of pick right up with with us having talked about that for a minute. So you guys will hear that. You'll hear the session and we will come back on and, and break it down. There's just cars and people everywhere everywhere and people in cars with attitude and people yeah. are like a little aggro walking and some aren't wearing masks and some are and and uh and there's a park within walking distance and i'm like cool but like not, not really letting him off leash there whereas in boulder you can let him just roam the mountain be free yeah that freedom it's yeah, different. <laughs> Look at that smile. <laughs> well, I think I just think it, it's fun for me to connect on you with this too, because it it was hard for me even growing up to explain where I came from to like friends and and people that don't know what it's like, because mm. you can't you can't talk about it. It's only something you can kind of feel. Going to those places and feeling nature and just resetting that way. And and I used to go camping with my old dog, just me and him. And that's yeah, I see that smile because yeah, you're like, yep, I love yep. that. Right. And there's, there's a way of life. And every now and then when you say like, I could just go move back to Canada and fish. I think I'm, I'm getting better at finding my zone in LA and finding mm. out what that is. I just think it's a lot easier to find that when you're kind of in the woods and more isolated. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to take time. I mean, isolating, we can all do that anywhere that finding that 
that different pace. And we, you and I have done this a few times where I've told you to take a breath. No, take a real breath, right? Mm-hmm. And just take a minute. Why I think the environment in a city, almost any city, can be toxic is because it affects us and infects us and we mm-hmm. fall into it. And that's, and then you start projecting how you're supposed to be. Even you said it a while back when, I think it was when you were going to friend funeral, you were mm. talking about like, I need to show everybody that I'm this LA guy, mm. but I don't want mm-hmm. to be, I just want to be there. That was an interesting time. And to think that that was the beginning of the pandemic, because that was when, mm-hmm. I mean, talk about isolating, like you needed to be on your own to feel what you were feeling. You were talking <laughs> about his like crappy tattoo that he had, right? Like, you'd always make fun of him like, oh, right, that's not there anymore. He doesn't have to worry about that. Yeah. And it, it was hitting you in a way where because you were slowed down and because you were taking your time for yourself, you could actually feel the grief and it didn't overwhelm you and it didn't get stuffed down or avoided. Yeah. I think I've been really proud of myself of how I've kind of like emotionally handled that event in my life too i think for a lot of stuff i want closure and i just kind of want to like put it away right even like with my mom i think there's a in my mind there's a day of reconciliation where there's gonna be like this weird like conversation and we turn the page and then it's different right and i think with friend like i still miss him i still hurt but i'm still living and i'm still enjoying life and so Mm. it's it's kind of like like i still think about him all the time and there's good and there's bad and there's in-betweens and there's all of it sure the other day, I was just driving, I was listening to a song, and I was listening, had a good cry and thought about him. And right. it felt really good just to kind of sit in that and like be there with them. Yeah. So I'm experiencing that. Yeah. And allowing that for yourself, like you said, without having to run from it. And mm-hmm. you went from smiles a minute ago to like, yeah, I'm, I, I can feel that. Mm-hmm. What's that like right now? It's okay. I think to our conversation last week of not being able to feel anything, right. I hate that calibrating back into feeling things but having more of a control over those feelings is kind of where i'm at right because i think i was used to be like kind of a loose cannon and just felt everything to its fullest and now it's it's understanding where i want to be in feelings even bringing girlfriend into this conversation i've been thinking about a lot of things you know really reflecting on myself and where i was at where she was at where we were at all that kind of stuff right and i really thought about it and i realized like even though like I have fun with her and like I enjoy aspects of the relationship and there's a lot of good there, the fundamental big red flags that we've been talking about mm-hmm. is really the choice I'm making more for myself than anything now. Cause I think a lot of it was stringing her along and, and trying to figure it out and navigate and all of that. And I think the other aspect, like looking deep inside of me, I didn't want to think about her with somebody else. And I thought if I could kind of work through what I was working through meantime keeping her close enough to where she doesn't leave. I thought that was like a good option for me. And so I really thought about it, you know, and thought about where I was at and and health wise and and mentally. And so I kind of, I just broke it off. You know, we haven't talked in a week and she called me a couple of times, didn't really reply. And I was like, are you okay? Like, if you need me, I'm here. But if it's just a talk, like I need some space. I'm kind of setting those boundaries. I think it's been Mm. really good for me in the sense of I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. But that doesn't mean I want to continue a relationship where we talk every day and talk about really deep, intimate stuff, because that's not what I want with her. Right. I'm kind of navigating right now where that fits into my life. And so I kind of thought about my last year and 
And going into that relationship, I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of figured out myself. I got some self-confidence. Like, I feel good. Like, mm-hmm. things are better. And so now, you know, over like this last week of really not talking to her, not relying on friend or calling my mom or, you know, my mom still didn't really know about any of this. She still thinks we're chilling because I, uh, I don't know how to have that conversation yet. And we'll, we'll get there. But um, I think it's, it's interesting for me right now to be in the solo dolo and be okay with it. Cause I got a lot of pressure on me right now. You know, I got a whole shit show going on where it's a whole other situation hmm. trying to get my brain going and feeling this, like not, not lonely. I don't feel lonely, but I do feel, I feel like this is my space now and I can kind of hmm. like thrive in it to a good and a bad, you know, I feel like I've spent a lot of time at home unless I needed to go out. Also kind of went downtown. I drove downtown to my homeboy spot and worked out at his gym and uh, oh, and right. got out of the house. And like, I really enjoyed that. Like that was a really good time for me. And I realized like I could never do that. Not if I was with her specifically, but if I was in a relationship in general right now. And what I'm finding is like, I'm really enjoying the opportunities to go experience life to where I want it. And I realized in all of that, as I'm looking at my community around me, like the people and, and, and the support that I have, I kind of realized to myself that I, in relationships in general, I look for everything versus right, right. My, my core pillars. Yeah. And the little things we talk about all the time mean a lot to me. Yeah. I just never look at the big things. I mean, there's a lot in that that we can unpack. I think mm-hmm. recognizing your growth through relationships, because it ultimately is you, you're the constant in every relationship you've been in. Right. And you have evolved and you have changed for sure. You used to try to make your one person be everything. And when they mm-hmm. fell short, you were disappointed. Right. And you would often overlook some red flags and overlook some caution flags to try to make that person be everything. And the more mm-hmm. you can recognize, and you even said it to me once, it's okay that I don't have my person as long as I have my people. It's the people around. That's, that constitutes my people. And if I have that, and if I have that full experience of my own life, a partner doesn't have to be my everything, right? Like right. you said, no, no missing piece, no piece to fill, just rolling along. And mm-hmm. it was really interesting that with girlfriend, a lot of how the relationship started was you evolving out of how you'd been with old girlfriend. You said something early about girlfriend that was really telling. You said, she's allowing me to be myself. Mm-hmm. And I kind of went, oh. <laughs> right? I think it's funny to allow somebody to have the power to allow myself to be myself. There it is. Yep, exactly. That's a lot of how it was because you were looking for permission. You were looking for, how do I make sure they don't leave me and don't abandon me? The old story that you used to tell yourself that I haven't heard you say in a while, everybody leaves. Mm-hmm. This fits into that. It really fits into that. Yeah. How so? Well, I mean, like, if you like, yeah, she left, like, in the biggest way possible. But in my understanding of growing and kind of where I'm at right now, and it might change, you know, but I think for how I feel right now, I think I'm looking at more majority picture here. Right. And like, one left, but I got nine others around me that are even closer. And I found that kind of like leaning on them in certain ways through this, even though I've gone through a lot of it kind of on my own, allowed me to kind of like lean where I needed to, to not fall for the one that I'm looking like that I was missing. Right. And make that be the one. And I'll even challenge this a little bit. She didn't leave you. 
she's still there. She's still calling. Yeah. She'd be happy to talk to you. I almost want to throw it in as like an imaginary pillar. I kind of made up the pillar that I thought she was filling in my life. Right. I think I gave her a lot of the benefit of the doubt to kind of keep that facade there. Mm-hmm. Not taking away the great experiences we had. You know, sure. I, I had a lot of fun yeah. with this girl. Absolutely. But I think at the end of the day, like I knew who she was. And right. so I just kind of like put that to the side, never really dealt with it. Cause I felt like if we didn't deal with it, we wouldn't have to talk about it. And that's that. Especially when the other stuff all feels great and it's going well. And then right. when it comes back and you see it, she hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. She hasn't left. You've realized, oh, wait, I don't want to be around this. This isn't how I want to be. So whereas you right. were looking for permission for you to be yourself, the mm-hmm. allowance wasn't mm-hmm. coming from her. You were allowing you to be yourself. And now you realize, oh, wait, being myself means I'm not with somebody that does me dirty. Right. You're going to cheat on me? I'm not letting myself be treated like that. That's a boundary. Right. I won't put up with that because I'm allowing myself to be myself, which means I'm not treated this way. Right. What do you think of that? I think I'm really good at being all in, all out. And I think what I'm calibrating now is kind of the in-between in the people that I don't trust, but I still need to have a relationship with them. Perfect example is that friend, you know, fuck that guy, but business is business at this point. I have a call with him later this afternoon and I'm trying to navigate how that's going to go. Fuck this guy. I don't want to work with him. I don't want to. I think right now what I'm trying to figure out is how to have an appropriate conversation with him of like, hey, man, like you told me this and this isn't what's happening. What's going on? I think my frustration is in that is I'm going to want the answer, but I know he's going to give me sm- more smoke and mirrors and how I'm going to deal with that. I don't know. And I think coming back to girlfriend real quick, uh-huh. that was a lot of our miscommunication, in our relationship didn't really fight. But like if I felt one way and she felt one way, there was never an understanding of coming to the middle where it was Mm. like, okay, I see your point, but I still feel my way. It was always just, no, you're wrong. This is right. On Mm. both our sides, you know, I would do the same thing. Right. And so like, I think what I'm trying to figure out now is like how to be respectful, understanding and having boundaries for myself. So what's your boundary then? I don't know. Because my dad called me yesterday and he was like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Go get paid. Go go get it done. Right. And then I'm like, okay, well, I can't really have a, a very stern conversation of like, hey, fucker, pay me. So I'm trying to figure out like the in-between is I want to listen a lot and not talk very much. Because I find that's kind of where I get myself wrapped up in emotion is when I really start talking. And so I think that's one way I, I kind of want to keep a boundary is, is letting him talk majority and me listening majority. Yeah. I think hopefully I can be non-emotional about the trust thing. It's such a big thing for me as far as my mom and relationships and brother and dad and just everybody involved in my life. It's a huge aspect. But I don't think that's quite appropriate to bring up in this situation as far as, man, now I really don't trust you. I don't know if I can ever work with you again. I'm not going to say that. But I I, I do want to touch on it. Because it's so important to me. And and if it's just kind of like sitting in me and he doesn't know, like it's just going to fester and I'm going to blow up one day. And I know that. I like how you're talking about this. And I like that we're talking about this because we can, we can fine tune this a little bit. I hear you've got all the pieces. It's like, it's like Mm -hmm. coming home with a piece of Ikea furniture. You got all the pieces, you got everything (laughs) there, you got it lined up. Now we got to put it together. Yeah. 
So what I hear you saying is, I want to listen. I don't want more smoke and mirrors. And there are some things that I do want to say that are important to me. And I have some, some boundaries. I don't know quite how to name them to him. And there's something I, I learned a long time ago in the nonprofit world called the, the 80-20 percentage of talking. I learned this from like a, a, a nonprofit fundraiser in D.C. And she said, you know, when you go talk to somebody about your exciting new nonprofit, you want to think of 80-20. They talk 80%, I talk 20%. Most people make the mistake of, I'm going to do 80% of the talking to tell them about this great thing that I'm doing and here's how wonderful it is and all this. And I only give them 20% of the time to talk. Right. So I think for you, you do have a tendency to, to spew or just talk a lot and get a lot out. And, and that's great, especially for therapy. That's fantastic. For a meeting with somebody that you're working with that owes you money, maybe you don't need to be 80% because that's a majority mm -hmm. of that might be emotional. So the, the 20% is just saying what you need to say. And I think that's reiterating some boundaries and making it about you the more you make it about him, well, you said this, you promised this, you did this, you're going to get excuses. You're going to get right. explanations. You're not going to get mm -hmm. any closer to a resolution or a payment. I think your version of that is just going, I was working with you on good faith that mm -hmm. I would get paid, mm -hmm. that this would happen. And on good faith, I've been doing all this work and I'm, right. I'm not getting paid again, about me, not about you. I can't continue to do all this work without getting paid. How do we do this? Yeah, I, I like it. I think the good faith is going to be a good one because that's exactly what it is. I went into it with a lot of trust and a lot of understanding and benefit of the doubt, which I tend to do. And I think I'm understanding more of the business world as I'm growing up. I think I'm super frustrated in all of this though. Hmm. I think it fits in line with the bullshit that happens to me. It's just like, of course, I don't trust them. I don't want to work with them. I think on the other, the other end of my boundaries is that I know it's best for me. And, and I think I'm understanding my gut feeling a lot better these days. Hmm. And I think having this gut feeling of, hey, something's up. I don't really trust it. Like, yeah, hold on. I think is becoming stronger. And I'm trying to listen to that as well. What does that look like concretely then? I think normally when I get this gut feeling, I'm like, oh, I'm done. I'm out. Right, And so this time, understanding, playing that slow game and, and just kind of like letting it work itself out. I mean, yesterday I was really upset. I don't like being disrespected. And then I guess to my understanding, what I'm trying to do is not give him the benefit of the doubt because I'm very aware of what's going on. And I don't want to play games is the other thing, even though I have to to a certain degree. I understand that business is business and part of it. I just don't want to lose my integrity in any of this. For me, I'm trying to find the, the balance of, fuck you, I'm out. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, so I'm going to look the other way. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of room in between there. You know, you were holding there's a your lot arms of room out there. wide. You, like, you as to, far as I could. Yeah, I know. I, know. I saw that. Like, here, here. <laughs> okay, so I think it's looking at what's okay for you. He's going to decide his own things. I'm not going to do that until I have a good faith payment and I know I'm going to continue to get paid. I can make that happen and I can be really excited about it. I am not going to do that until I have some money and I get paid. I'm not saying you have to pay me. I'm just telling you what I will and will not do. Right. Here's what it is. I mean, the only thing you can control your time and your energy. 
and somebody, of course, is going to take advantage of that and pay as little as they can, compensate you as little as they can for that in business. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you get people that recognize your efforts, your time, and your energy, and they reward you for it. And it feels great. Mm -hmm. And I think I need to get used to that first one more than the second, because I think I'm looking for the second so often. Exactly. What you can control right now, your time, your energy, how much you put into this, and mm-hmm. what you say to him. Yeah. It's not about you have to pay me for this invoice. It's I can't keep working without a good faith payment. Right. Well, I can't afford I can't afford it. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy and, and it's the definition of insanity if we keep doing the same thing expecting a different result. Yep. So I, I can see you starting to feel some empowerment and starting to get that. And that's not about pointing your finger at that asshole. He has to pay me. He's taking advantage of me. Of course he's going to. He's a businessman. And I know life isn't fair. I get that. Sure. But like, this is so unfair now that it's like, come, like, come on, guys. I just don't get it. Like, it I think that's my frustration. I don't. It's the why. And that always, like, it hangs me up every time. As you said, I'm going to keep looking for that validation and that somehow, because then what we'll do is we'll see breadcrumbs and think it nourishes us. I think you recognizing, like, wait a second, he's going to take advantage of me as long as I let him. Right. So it starts with me not letting it happen anymore. Yeah. When I understand that people are taking advantage of me, that's when I get mad. And bail. Right. Yeah. So it, it's it's recognizing the strength in this is when people are taking advantage of. Okay, let me strengthen my own boundaries. Let me recognize my own boundaries. Let me name my own boundaries because that makes me feel strong, mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with them. Yeah, that's the other thing that I'm navigating now too is mm-hmm. perception of myself. You know, our conversation last week of the rich kid, right? Right. I've been thinking about that one a lot too. Because he's like, oh, it's your parents' money. And I was like, oh, you think, oh, this makes sense now of why you think this money's nothing to me because you think I just have a lot of money. Right. Hey, it's affecting like me now. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna go have to work elsewhere because I don't have any money. And so it's not that I don't want to work with you, it's just I can't. Yeah, it's kind of out of my hands. And I just saw your face drop, like when you were first doing the work and you were like, oh, this is it. This is awesome. This is going to hit. This is going to be good. This is going to be great. I'm going to be self-sufficient. This is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that drop was that disappointment. Yeah. It is disappointing. Absolutely. Yeah. Fuck that. I will separate those two sentiments. It's disappointing and fuck that because it's, it's disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. That really bums me out. Period. Hold completely separate one over here is fuck that i'm out of here like that middle way is just going yeah this is really disappointing i would love to be excited about it i would love to really dig in and and keep working and and keep doing this thing i can't do it without getting paid it's up to you that's a way of putting it in his in his court and so again it's just the to our other conversations you lied to me about this what else you lying about it just keeps going. And so I think at the end of the day, it's going to be okay. Like, I know it's going to be okay. I think I'm buckling down more so right now. And hearing when my dad talks like that, it gets me super anxious. And okay, I got to go find a job right now. I'll go work at a cafe. I'll go work at Safeway or Ralph's or, 
you know, I'll go get a job. And I think this last year has really allowed me to slow down in the sense of like, okay, dad, I hear you. And so I'm buckling down, you know, in a really real way and figuring out what matters to me. And mm-hmm. it's just an interesting time, how much shit's going on and, mm-hmm. and how emotionally non-emotional I am in the sense of like, yeah, I feel shit right now, but I'm not like the pressure of my dad saying to go get a job would usually make me sleep in bed for five days. Be like, oh, fuck, I can't do this. Like, I'm just gonna get high and pretend like it didn't happen. And hopefully he forgets. Whereas now it's like, okay, like I hear you. What's the difference now? What do you think? Believing in myself that like, I know I can do it. Now I think with the confidence comes a little bit more backbone per se Hmm. to be able to know my worth. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Because then if I know my worth, it doesn't matter if somebody devalues me or not. I know my worth. Oh, you're not going to pay me for all this work I'm doing? I know my worth. I'm going to go take my, my value somewhere else. I need to be valued. I need, I need good faith payment. I need to know that it's happening. Otherwise, I value myself too much to let myself be taken advantage of this way. I like it for you. Be, I don't like that you're not getting paid, but I like that this is giving you the experience of finding your value, naming your value, and talking with somebody in a way that you value yourself. I'm going to call him right after this. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to waste my day on this conversation. You right. know what I mean? Like, I can't let this affect my bigger picture stuff. Right. Well, I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes. Less about the outcome. I mean, that too, but more about how it goes for you, knowing like, yeah, I value myself. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'll call him and we won't answer. If he answers the phone, then yippee-ki-yay, here we go. Right. <laughs> 50 minutes ago, you're saying, yeah, I feel like with mom, there's still a big conversation we're going to have. And this, and how you just framed that. Yeah, this is yippee-ki-yay. Picked up the phone. Here we go. Green beret, motherfucker. Let's go. Let's have the conversation. I'm good. Yeah, I just think I have a lot less emotional strings attached. To- oh, of course, of course. But it's a good experience <laughs> to walk through that way, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And we are back. Back in black. Bring it on. Yeah. Um, that was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Or thank him. Thank, thank Drew. Thanks, Drew. Thank Drew very thanks, much. Thanks, Drew. I um, feel like everyone out there in listener land probably just wants to like thank Drew and give him a big hug most of the time. Um, I don't know. And this is, I say this almost every time we break something down, like I really am grateful for my clients and it's. You guys are listening to one client going through this. I get to do this like with 15, 20 people. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. It's amazing. Yeah. Especially going through the holiday season. It's weird not seeing people for like a couple of weeks or like if they're right. trapped, like, I don't know. Right. And if you guys have any question, if your therapist mm-hmm. thinks about you, yes, they do. And, it, and not in a bad way. Like, no. in a, like, wow, I really hope they're all like having a really lovely holiday season with their friends and loved ones. Right. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Speaking of our friends and loved ones. Yes. Yeah. Let's talk about this. What I love that you kind of got into is like, especially at the beginning, like one thing you've worked on with him is this idea of like the slowing down and the gears. And I feel like it mm. really gets reinforced in this, like, Hey man, here's what we're doing. Like right. the slowing right. down process and naming it and teaching him it. Yeah. But then like, hitting it super hard right at the beginning yeah i mean he was it's like i said we were talking about mm-hmm. like being out in the woods yeah. and just, you know, he says every now and then like 
yeah, I could just go to Canada and fish. Like I'm, I, I could be done. Yeah. And that idea of finding my zone mm-hmm. is what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's easier in the woods than it is in LA, but when you can take a breath and, yeah. and be in that zone, mm-hmm. you see things differently. It's sort of like, well, I know you, so <laughs> you'll get this being in the matrix. Like totally. when, you, when you have that, that sight and you see things mm-hmm. with those lines of code mm-hmm. and you can do anything that Neo does yeah. in that world, it's, it's an amazing world because things just slow down when your perspective mm-hmm. changes. Totally. Right. A thing I love to say to clients sometimes is like, wow, it looks like you're having one of those moments where you're seeing through the matrix. Right. And right. Nice. Yeah. And there was one for him at the beginning of this, just talking mm. about finding his own. Right. And like you connecting it to freedom. Cause I think for a long time, like the woods and tell me if this is true or not. Like, I think the woods for him was a little bit of this reflex escape, like totally kind of like F this, I'm going to run off yep. and go to the woods, right? like right. live off the land, fish, whatever. Right. I don't know. I'm just making up an image of what people <laughs> well, do in no. the woods. Cause like, right. right. And, baked that's, beans. And, yeah. He, yeah, right. and he was saying like, yeah, simpler times, a simpler way of life. Like, yeah. and that was his way of saying it's so overwhelming and I'm so overstimulated. There's too much here. I can't do it. I just mm-hmm. want I want to go to Canada and fish. I totally. want to be in the zone. Yeah. I want, right. Yeah. Hit the escape hatch. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it it's not that right now. Right. Which is so new. Yeah. I heard it differently. Having heard a lot of these episodes, right. if not all of them over time, yeah. um, is these little subtle shifts and kind of named this to you before, like how he's being. Yeah. And he's got the awareness of that too. I mean, granted we're hearing him in his therapy sessions, right? Although I kind of think he does reflect on this a lot. That's just how he is. And he's realizing with girlfriend kind of Mm. go, wait, I need to step back. Hang on a second. Totally. Yeah. And that's, (laughs) but he's like, yeah, I'm in my solo dolo. (laughs) Like I've never heard that. Like, cool. Okay. Yeah. I'll go with that. And yeah, I want to go to like Han Solo and all of that. But like the fact that it's not about being alone. It's not about being lonely. He's invented this new middle gray plaid, whatever you want to call it, where it's just like, I'm solo, man. Right. Dude, yeah, that's and, and rad. Love it. And that's exactly, yeah. exactly what you were saying. Like, it's not just him talking about it, it's him being in it. Yeah. This is what he's experiencing. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what it's mm-hmm. like for him. And he, he even said, like, I'm proud of how I'm proud of him, but he's proud of mm-hmm. how he's doing it. Cause he's not just going, fuck this, I'm out. Mm-hmm. And even, mm-hmm. and he linked it to the, the business partner too. Yes. Right. Yes. And having him, cause it's one thing to hit boundaries and like hit it, but then having him kind of step into it in these different realms of his life where it's like, Oh, it's the business partner and learning how like, Oh, I don't need to do this. Like my dad would. Right. I don't need to come in and like storm the castle. Right. I can just be like, Hey, this is me. And Uh I'm not willing to sacrifice my own integrity. Yeah. Which is so Drew's thing. Totally. And it's, it's becoming less of that people pleaser Mm. accommodator and more of as we would say in our business, the individuation, becoming mm-hmm. an individual mm-hmm. yeah. and feeling his authenticity and actually being mm-hmm. that now, mm-hmm. it becomes easier. That's why I was saying, you know, related to his old girlfriend, his yeah. ex-girlfriend, yes. like the constant is is you. And now mm-hmm. that's actually changing. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Totally. Right. And it comes back to that whole saying, change is constant. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But one piece I loved was him naming this is the story. This is my story. Everybody mm, leaves. Right. And 
he has this, you know, this about me. I, I got trained really heavily in narrative, right. like yep. Yep. that's the problem saturated storyline, right? That's what it is. Right. And, but then when you guys have done all this work to shift and identify alternative plot points, right? Yep. And then you go in real hard on the challenge being like, she didn't leave you, man. Right. She's still there. Right. And yep. I, I heard his brain kind of explode a little bit. <laughs> like, I don't know if anyone else heard that. It's exploding for him to see the thing that he's already been doing. Right. And that's, that's kind of our job or what I see my job is, mm-hmm. is to take that unconscious stuff and bring it to your consciousness so you can recognize it. Yeah. Right. And that, yeah, being able to challenge him because that he holds that abandonment piece as part of the narrative. People leave, people leave, people leave. It's Mm -hmm. what always happens. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, she didn't leave you. No. Hearing him kind of come to, oh, right. And that way you say breaking his brain. Like, (laughs) yeah, because we're disconnecting an Mm -hmm. old neural pathway that we don't want to take anymore. It's still going to be there, but we're not going to take it. We're going to try a different one. And that's Mm -hmm. the change that came, came over you, Mm -hmm. not her. Totally. She didn't change and decide to leave. You recognized your boundaries and, and saw what was okay and what was not. Mm-hmm. And I think for the first time for him, allowing him to be himself and not please others and not mm-hmm. accommodate others. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, wait. And he's in that space of, right? Yeah, you're pointing to yourself like, <laughs> me, me, me. Yeah, it, it's that yeah. ego strength. It's building your ego. That's a good thing. Totally. And I think for so long, his ego strength came from, is this person okay with me? Right. Is this person going to accept me? Is this person going to reject me or abandon me? Right. And now right. to be able to be like, hey, this doesn't work for me. What I thought was really cool mm. was if you, because this with girlfriend has gone on for a little bit now. Right. If you had been like, you just need to break things off, then he would have done it for you. Oh yeah. And like, I, there's something really beautiful. Like I wasn't expecting him to come into this session and tell you, Mm. oh, Hey, I made this decision. I was realizing this is affecting my mental and physical health. And I was like, I wanted to just like snap my fingers and do like, you go girl. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Cause that's, that's, I mean, I think it was last week, Mm -hmm. last week's episode. Yeah. He was in this place and I said, yeah, a year ago you would have been totally devastated. Oh yeah. Right. Totally devastated and go into that like Mm -hmm. fawn mode and like, Oh, Mm -hmm. let me make it better. Let me make Mm -hmm. it okay. Or avoidance or that form of avoidance, which is fuck this. I'm out. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And he's purposefully, and very pointedly staying right now in this liminal space, this mm-hmm. unknown mm-hmm. of, I don't know how I want her in my life. I just know that I want her in my life. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Let's yeah. see. Yeah. And it's at the core, the thing that he's knowing more and more is that ego, is that self. Like totally. you're you're allowing yourself to be yourself. And mm. he, he recognizes that. And it's, yeah. oh man, it's so cool to see it happen. Totally. And like stepping into like strength and power by realizing who he is, realizing who he is not. Right. You know, something I talk about with clients a lot is like being right-sized and like- Oh, interesting. Yeah, like- and I think I used a metaphor of like not wanting your suit to fit like David Byrne and like stop making sense. You don't want it 10 <laughs> sizes too big. You don't want it to be wearing like the little boy, like ring right. bearer suit. You want, right. you want to be right sized and like know your strengths, know your weaknesses. And I feel like he's really starting to see himself in like, I can do this. And you guys have hit on the vulnerability and the authenticity and the integrity for so long. And yeah. it's really yep. coming yep. to a place 
and he's he's owning it. And I, man, I love the soup metaphor <laughs> analogy, right? And that's that. I mean, that's how yeah. you and I talk. That's yeah. why we talk all the time. <laughs> but it, it just flashed. And David Byrne, if y'all don't know, that's the Talking Heads guy. Oh. If you if you like Google any Talking Heads video, and you'll see he wears suits that are enormous yeah. for him, mm-hmm. and that's a style. It also made me flash on if you remember the old commercials for Frosted Mini Wheats where it was like somebody was like, I just want my frosted mini wheats. And they take a bite and then they turn into a kid wearing the adult clothes. Oh my God. Okay. And there's this one with the guy in the suit and he takes a bite Mm -hmm. of the frosted mini wheats and then Mm -hmm. turns into a kid wearing this huge suit, but he still has, you know, the spoon in his hand and he's eating it. Yeah. And that's, you know, we laugh about that. That's Drew when he's trying to fit into the suit of his dad and trying to be how he thinks he needs to be. And Mm -hmm. when his dad gave him, advice mm-hmm. or would say something about what's going on with business with Drew right now, the suit doesn't fit. Drew's yeah. like, no, no, not going to do it that way. Like totally. My dad would just be like, no, you need to get fucking paid. And that's yeah. it. Go in there. Like, storm, storm the castle. Right. Right. And it goes back to that. Like he's giving himself permission to find his own way right now. Like right. I am not my father. Yeah. I can do things differently. I don't need to bend over backwards, right. but I also don't need to go there with like, swords and spikes. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know, I'm going total game of Thrones in my head right now, but, uh, <laughs> but it's this idea that boundaries, like, as he put it, I'm all in or I'm all out. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily super gray. <laughs> right. And, and it, no, it's not, that, that's where I say balance is not mm-hmm. one extreme than the other. It's mm-hmm. not that seesaw. It's, yeah. it's finding that sort of middle place where you can oscillate. Mm-hmm. And I keep repeating that with him in, in different different metaphors, analogies, mm-hmm. and directly. Yeah. And yeah. he's doing it. He's seeing it. I mean, and I love that he's recognizing that's what I'm doing with girlfriend right now. Yes. Oh, and I see it over here in work too. And I kind of threw in a little mom at the end, which we'll hit in a second. Yeah. But it's really him kind of mm-hmm. feeling out the gray, which he's been doing for so long. And anytime I reflect that back to him, like, Oh, well, it sounds like that he starts smiling. Like, what's that smile? <laughs> because he's, he's recognizing, yeah. Oh, right. Not like, Oh, Doug, you're right. It's, Oh, wait, that is right. And that is what I'm doing right now. Totally. Oh, cool. I love the 80, 20 thing. Oh yeah. 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 Cause I think most of us as humans and like less. So I would say as therapists, like talk more than we listen. Absolutely. Huh? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I wasn't listening. Um, What's that? But firstly, you taking that piece because you want, I think as therapists, we just want someone to feel hurt. Totally. It's interesting because talking to Meredith, there was some, I think it was Sarah, Mm -hmm. one of her sessions where she was talking a lot and I Mm -hmm. stopped her a few times because we're in that place in our relationship where Mm -hmm. I can do that. Mm -hmm. And I even said to Meredith, like, I don't care about the details. Of course I do. I very much do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When I'm thinking clinically, big Mm -hmm. picture, Mm -hmm. forest, not trees, the details aren't as important as the process. Mm. And to be able to see that and go into that for a minute, that's where we can like actually help somebody shift and change. Mm. And I think he's, he's doing that pretty remarkably in different places and and really Mm -hmm. feeling what that's like to Mm kind of go, Oh, right. I don't have to be my dad. I don't have to be this. I I can Mm -hmm. try this. I am different. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and to go into a situation for him has been about, I need to explain myself. Yeah. It would be like, not 80, 20, it would be like 98, two. And the fact that he was able to identify, if I start talking, that's when it gets emotional. Right. And that's when, that's when it goes off the rails too. Totally. And like, to use like his word is spew, Uh but uh, uh man. Yeah. yeah, Like, yeah. 
man, learning that 80, 20, when I learned it and I told him it was, I was in DC and it was yeah. in the nonprofit world. Like mm-hmm. I want to tell you about this amazing nonprofit. Mm-hmm. So you'll get really excited about it. Mm-hmm. And you'll, let me tell you everything. And, and it was almost like, let me give you the 98%. And that was Drew going, no, if I have a night terror, my, my old girlfriend yeah. needs to understand everything that's going on with it. So I need to give her the 98%. Mm-hmm. And then she'll give me 98% back. Yeah. I'm like, dude, that's, 196 percent that doesn't work it's a lot that's quick math by the way yeah right but that uh, trust me (laughs) yeah i I trust you on that i've never been a math person (laughs) but like it's so beautiful because like in that what actually needs to be said which is like with the night terror for example like wow i really just need support right bam that's it bringing it back to this idea of like i love that saying like what needs to be said by me what needs to be said by me now right what do I want to hear or what do I need to hear? And that's what he's figuring out in the relationship. How do I want her to show up? I don't know, but he would show up a hundred percent and want a hundred percent back and quick math. That's 200%. Which is not possible. Too much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And if he's giving a hundred percent, it means she doesn't necessarily have to give much of anything. Which historically for him, she didn't. Totally. Not this particular one, but other ones. Other ones that has been a pattern which has impacted, I don't know, to throw out his word, trust. Yeah. And and exactly. And the 100% goes to, I need to know what else are you lying to me about? Like, what else is going on? I'll go through your phone. I need to know everything. need to know the thing. That man. And the the beauty of the 80-20 is... It can switch mm-hmm. depending on who needs to hear more, who needs to yeah. talk more. Yeah. It's It can be a fluid thing. And the idea for him that I was trying to impress was it's not you talking 80% of the time so you get 20% of them. Mm-hmm. It's you giving 20%. Mm-hmm. So their excitement about whether it's the nonprofit mm-hmm. or their understanding of the feelings involved in a night terror, whatever totally. it might be, yeah. that's the 80%. That's where you're going to find the support, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And his dad kind of going, nope, go in there, guns blazing, storm the castle, hundred yeah. percent and yeah. get paid. Like, mm. okay, you can do that and come out of that with a check done. If yeah. that's really what you want, that's possible. That's not what he's talking about no. in terms of relating with people. It's about the aiming right now for him. He's trying to like figure out what his intention is, how he wants right. to say things. Right. Instead of going in like dad's whole thing is like point, shoot, aim versus, <laughs> right. right? And I think in this like slowing down that we hear him doing and like you get to experience in real time, he's right. really able to be like, what's my intention? How do I want to be? How do I not want to be? Like there's so much intention in that. And yeah. the whole idea of like good faith and how do we find a solution? Right. And that, that, and now we can go 50, 50. Mm. Now we've done the 80, 20 enough. Totally. So now we're looking for the solution mm-hmm. in a 50, 50 way. And that's, mm-hmm. to me, that's what a, a healthy, good relationship is all about eventually. Yeah. And it's so many people think it's no, I have to impose my will on them. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred percent. And then when I get them to zero, mm-hmm. cool, I've won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you win? Totally. Right. For him, like seeing, and I think this is coming. This is why I teased mom. If you can come from a 20% place, mm. then you have more strength because you know your position, you know where you are, you know, as you said, Sasha, your intention. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. Give them 80% to kind of think about it, yeah. do their version of spewing or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And then, then you'll get to a 50-50 place. Yeah. And with mom, it was like just my little tease because he said, uh, yeah, no, I, I know what I'm going to say. Like, I felt like he felt mm-hmm. his 20% strength. He's like, cool, I'll, I'll call him. And if he picks up the phone, like... 
yippee-ki-yay, here we go. Right. Loved that part right. because like one, it is like, I got everything I need. I'm totally green beret in this. Right. The right. guy can pick up, not pick up. Like doesn't matter. Cause I, I know my 20, I know totally. where I am. I know where I am. I, I know what I, what I stand for. Yeah. I know my boundaries. Yeah. Don't want to play games. I'm just here. Yeah. This is it. No more smoke and mirrors. That's right. Solid. No more, exactly. No more smoke and mirrors. Yeah. And then, and then kind of going cool. Yeah. And he referenced earlier, like, yeah, I know I still need to have that conversation with, with mom. And there's mm-hmm. going to be this yeah. big turning point when we have that conversation. I'm like, oh, is there, is there, I mean, we hit this with his brother mm-hmm. when he actually went to the wedding and went through it. So do you have that big conversation? I'm like, no, no, and it was okay. Totally. And right? he's someone who constantly, or not constantly, don't want to do that to him, but like <laughs> has on many occasions said, I am someone who needs those big moments. I need that closure. I need that. And right. does he? Right. Like, this, I this think that's an seeing. old narrative. It's totally. like, I need this really big demonstration, this big conflict, this big catharsis, even in a sense. This complete 100% trust here. This yeah. is what it is. And yeah. you have to see me in my entire, like, yeah. maybe, maybe not. No. Maybe it's not as important when you develop that ego strength and you're mm-hmm. not dependent on others or it's not about pleasing yeah. others. It's pleasing yeah. self. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think the more he's showing up for himself, the less I need other people to show me. Right. And it becomes like, I think about it a lot with like TV and film. It's like show, don't tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds like what he's looking for right now. I mean, he does not like the smoke and mirrors. No. Like, okay. Okay. And know your own path. Mm-hmm. See your path. See see you. Then if your mom calls, what about Yippie Kaye there? And he's like, well, I'm not quite ready there. Like, <laughs> yeah. all right, all right. That's I mean, the mother yeah. is the mother of all triggers. Totally. For sure. And like, I don't know. Like compared to how he was, he's gonna get there. And it might not be this big conversation it could just be him like loosening his grip right a little bit and being like okay cool like i love you i'm here that's my 20 percent, but right. i can't i can't give more than 20 right yeah and and <laughs> just to throw in random other percentages yeah and i'm okay if you're 10 percent disappointed you know which he says all the time right Ooh, and and it's yeah it's not worrying about mom or the business mm-hmm. partner mm-hmm. being like a hundred percent cool mm-hmm. with him like yeah. It's okay if you're not cool with me. Yeah. Here, I'm cool with me. Yeah. Here's what this is. Here's totally. what I am. I'm yeah. crafting my new narrative. Yeah. Yeah. No more smoke and mirrors. It's just, here it is. Yeah. Right. His grip is loosening and it's so cool to hear him in the gray, figuring mm. out true balance and totally. really being there for it. Yeah. And like seeing himself clearly for the first time. Right. In a lot of ways. And like, I think you've held up a mirror for that. Yeah. Yeah. He smokes, I mirror. Totally. <laughs> Dude. That was the zinger to like. <laughs> and there it is. Mic yeah. drop. Bam. Oh, I can't drop the mic. It's on a. Yeah. It's on a, like a really cool boomy. Arm. Thing. Arm. They should make these mic boom arms that are actual arms. Oh my God. That would mic. be amazing. And like the elbow and. Right. Yeah. Somebody get on that. <laughs> Patent yeah. pending. Yeah. No, totally. Is If anyone listening right now is somehow. <laughs> responsible engineeringly inclined yes uh you can engineer that yeah uh and we can split the patent 80 20 and we would have 100 (laughs) percent of our eternal gratitude that's right yeah that's right (laughs) as long as it splits 80 20 (laughs) 
<laughs> on that note, yes. we're going to split, but yeah. thank you, Sasha, for joining us again on here. Thank you for having me. This was Absolutely. awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. And I will probably talk to you in about five minutes. <laughs> and all you guys, weird holiday-ness. So maybe we'll see you in a week, maybe a little more, but not too long. We'll We'll be around. I'll be around. I don't know if you'll be around. Who knows? I'm I'm always around somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. All right, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye.